Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And of course, as always, I am joined by my co-host, James Johnson, the managing editor of the Jaguars Wire over on USA Today. And Jay, it is good to see you. Good to be recording here this evening. And in true sports journalism fashion, we do a topic last week about some players the Jaguars should target. And then half the list is now unavailable. So that's how it goes in the world of podcasting. And of course, as I mentioned, sports journalism. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems very typical of sports journalism and this podcast. And I mean, that's that's indicative of pretty much everything we've done since we've been with Believe, right? <laughs> so um, not that it's their fault. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, it, you know, we did give everybody a warning that at least the players that we felt were going to get tag we did warn him that hey you know Leonard Williams is probably going to get tagged hey Allen Robinson probably going to get tagged but you know you have to cover your bases just in case that's that's a sign of good journalism you know you you want to get caught by surprise either um so you know that definitely didn't happen and I mean look it's still an opportunity for some of these guys to hit the open market like Marcus Williams uh, for example you know he was tagged but at the same time it's a it's a timeline I at least it was with the last CBA that they have to get under the cap. Yeah, they're trying to. Yeah, they're trying to. So they're going to have to make a move. And, you know, like, we don't be surprised is what I'm saying to see, um, you know, maybe one guy get their tag rescinded. You know, we've seen that in the past with, like, Josh Norman. I think it happened with Olivier Vernon one time, too. So, you know, it, it's it's not uh, it's not a common thing. But at the same time, we have seen it in the past. But in terms of the podcast, man, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Appreciate everybody that's been rating, comments, subscribing, and uh, yeah, ready to tackle some more uh, some tough topics uh, that we got on the, the list here. Yeah, we have plenty to get to here on this week's episode, you guys. Before we do, a little housekeeping. Again, just as Jay mentioned, thank you so much for all of you that have gone out of your way and went over to Apple Podcasts. That's that little purple icon for those of you listening on your iPhone and left a five-star review. We really appreciate it. It's one of the best ways you can support the show. It lets us know that you're listening and it lets us know that you think we're doing a good job. So if you would be so kind, if you can head on over there and leave a five-star review, we would really, really appreciate it. Along with Apple Podcasts, we are also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Of course, we are part of the awesome Believe Library over on Believe.com and at Believe Podcast over on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the podcast online on Twitter at Believe in Jags Pod. Jay, you can find at SportsGrind underscore Don, and I am at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And before we get into these primary topics, I do want to give a shout out to our first sponsor of the day, Bet Online. You know, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to March Madness. The tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness contest, as Bet Online is the spot to be for all of your bracketology needs. 
Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, so let's get into our first topic here. Jay, at the very end of the last episode, we teased that we were going to uh, be uh, fortunate enough to join Daniel Jeremiah's pre-draft NFL Network conference call. And, uh, you know, last year was a, was a whole lot of fun, and we, you know, got a lot of great insight. And this year was certainly no exception. You and I both got to ask him a couple of questions, as well as a, uh, I think a few other Jacksonville media folks were in there as well. So shouts out to them. You know, look at us representing Jacksonville. Hopefully we did them proud. Uh, of course, there wasn't a whole lot of questions surrounding Trevor Lawrence. So we were trying to ask some questions uh, outside of the number one overall pick. Uh, so, Jay, you know, again, it was awesome to join that call. DJ is so gracious with his time every single year. Uh, and, he, and he took he fielded probably easily. 80 to I would say 60 to 80 questions in about a couple hour span, man. He, the guy's a beast, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's crazy because you know, when, when Mike Mayock left and I've always said Mike Mayock was my, my favorite, uh, in terms of the draft draft analyst, when Mike Mayock left NFL network, everybody was like, Oh my God, Mike Mayock's leaving. Uh, what's going to go on and, and, um, you know, who's going to replace him and so on and so forth. And, uh, when, uh, you know, we pretty much could gather that it was Daniel Jeremiah that was going to be up next to to get Mike Mayock's job. And uh, he's been doing a very good job ever since, man. So uh, shout outs to him. Uh, like you said, yeah, man, he's a beast with it. He, he filled it a lot of questions, man. Like because I think I was in there from beginning to end, maybe or I might have I might have uh, left a little early, um, but. It was, yeah, it was easily 80 questions, something absurd like that, man. And, uh, you know, he had all of his notes and his stuff together. You know, he could pull up, you know, it was some guys that we haven't even heard of. You know what I'm saying? That's off the list as small school guys that we don't even know of that he had notes on. And, um, you know, that's just a testament to uh, how good he is at his job, man. Yeah, like you said, I mean, you could tell that he was kind of going through his notes and he must have an elaborate set up as far as how he has everything organized because I think I remember him going back to like a year ago where he pulled up the notes of another prospect just like immediately so he must have it like based on year and then school and then player like it's gotta I would love to see it honestly the nerd in me I like the the, the the journalism nerd I think in both of us really wanted to see what that setup looked like but Jay you know you did get to ask him a question regarding who he would like to see or who we would maybe target to pair with Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, he kind of gave us uh, a, a couple of answers in terms of on the offensive side of things, but he more so said that we should probably focus on the other side of the ball. So, yeah, um, he basically said what I was thinking, you know, like a lot of what he said in terms of, um, you know, what I've studied so far aligned with what I was thinking. But yeah, he was saying that, you know, basically where the Jaguars are, uh, 25, of course, they're not going to sniff Kyle Pitts. So, uh, you know, offensive help in terms of that tight end position uh, probably isn't the right route to go there, at least at 25. And he also said just in general, like the Jaguars do have in general some offensive uh, pieces in place already. Uh, so that being said, and, and he's right because we talk about it all the time, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chanel, Colin Johnson, uh, James Robinson. 
Uh, but that being said, you know, he was saying like with that number 25 spot that he think they should go with a defensive player. I don't think he went into like details in terms of like who specifically, but I mean, that makes sense. You know, maybe a Trey, uh, Trayvon Morig uh, from TCU at safety, especially with Marcus Williams. We discussed that already. Marcus Williams is kind of off the market right now. We'll see how that goes. Um, but he was tagged. So, yeah, Morig um, from TCU makes sense there. Uh, Levi on Wolves Riki is one that you know that's popped up because I mocked him to the Jags before, but I think it was more so in the second round. Uh, Christian Barmore, who uh, he talked on this defensive tackle class after those two names, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a little sketchy after that. I don't want to say sketchy, um, because the guys have talent, but it's a drop off, is what I should say, how I should put it. Um, so you know, like for the Jaguars who need a defensive tackle especially when considering what happened with Leonard Williams this week with the tag. Uh, the Giants really hurt the defensive tackle market because uh, it's not, you know, the strongest in free agency. And the issue is that, that is not that strong in the draft as well. And as we all know, the Jacksonville Jaguars do need a defensive tackle. So when they tagged Leonard Williams, and I'm talking about the Giants here, they really threw a fork in the Jaguars plan. That's why I think me and Phil agree with this. We had him number one on our list, and a lot of Jags fans did too because they need a defensive tackle so bad. And um, I mean, that's not to say Devon Hamilton is not good and Doug Costin isn't, but they those two young men are rookies, or they were rookies. They need a veteran dance partner in there with them. And uh, that being said, now it looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah, they'll probably target somebody in free agency, and I don't have any, like, um, you know, insider information on this, but it looks like they might be better off getting that defensive tackle at 25 if it's Barmore or maybe, you know, in the second round. So, yeah, those are the guys to watch on Wuzuriki, um, Christian Barmore, uh, maybe a cornerback or, um, you know, Trayvon Moore rig at the um, number 25 overall pick. Yeah, definitely seemed like he, he would certainly – uh, suggest that we go on the defensive side of things, which ties into the question that I asked him because I, I did, we did notice uh, that in his latest mock draft, he did mock us Jeremiah Wusu Koromora from Notre Dame. And Jay, I kind of made a mistake. Uh, and it's, this wasn't his fault. Cause you know, I was, I was trying to put on some film just to kind of watch, you know, watch him. And I put on the first one I selected was that Notre Dame game, which was, which should have just been titled, Najee Harris highlights. That's that's what that game should have been titled. Because of course, you know, we didn't see him too often. It was mostly just Alabama doing whatever they wanted. But then when you do put on the film and watch him, I mean, he's definitely all over the field, especially in that Clemson game. I don't know if you remember that tape the first time around. He was definitely flying all over the place. I didn't get a chance yet to watch um, the second time that they played. I haven't gotten to that point yet, but definitely a guy that he feels like has a lot of uh, a lot of ability to be moved around all over the place, right? That's pretty much what he said. Um, he, he, the way that he explained uh, Jeremiah is that he will be a quote fun toy for any defense that is able to get him. And you know, I think he mentioned this as well. You know, we're in, we are in the age of positionless football, and he said that he was able to uh, be a big nickel, play safety, rush off the edge, the ability to run and chase. Like, I mean when you look at what the Jags need and what would be a really good addition to their defense, it's a guy like that. You know, we talked about it when we were talking about the free agent targets, you know, talking about guys that could just 
fit in really, really easily. You know, do you think that if they were to go this route, if he is available at the 25th overall pick, do you think that means they're probably either missed or decided not to go after a guy like uh, like Matthew Judon that we discussed last week? I think, you know, he he may be more along the lines of and, and from what I've seen. Uh, he, he may be a guy that can move around in your secondary for me, you know, and this is what, again, this is what Daniel Jeremiah was pointing at. We're, we're moving to positionless football. So like, you know, some people might see him a little bit and I kind of see him a little bit, maybe in the mold of, um, you know, like a Keanu Neal, who the Jaguars have been associated with or whatever the case may be um, in, in free agency, because he's hit the open market for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but, yeah, he's a guy that I have to watch some more film on, admittedly. I did see that Clemson game, and uh, if I can recall, he spent a lot of time in the backfield. Uh, but, yeah, he's a guy. I, I did an article, or it might have been uh, Tyler. Shout-outs to Tyler, who's been helping out big time, by the way. we <laughs> Shows how much of a, um, a managing editor I am. Um, we have yet to shout-out Tyler, who... <laughs> who has been with the Jaguars wire for three weeks and uh he's been a big time contributor came over from the Gators wire um which you know how I feel about the Gators but um nonetheless though man Tyler has been putting in work man and uh, he's been a big help so shout outs to him and welcome to the Jaguars wire although I've you know I've talked to him about it you know over the phone of course but still I wanted to kind of do it over the podcast but yeah in that article I found it actually and it was written by me, actually. It wasn't Tyler that did this one. But yeah, so uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromora has lined up in terms of PFFs uh, by their standard, by their count. Uh, he lined up 195 times on the defensive line. Uh, he lined up uh, 433 times as an in-box defender. And then in the slot, he lined up, uh, what, 680 times. So yeah, like... Like right along the lines, based off of what I was saying, kind of Keanu Neal-ish, you know what I'm saying? He lined up, uh, you know, kind of as a linebacker safety slot defender more than he did on the um or, you know, towards the line of scrimmage as a a defensive line defender or whatever the case may be. Uh, So, I mean, we'll see how other teams value him. But I mean, like at that point, like, again, he's a guy that I got to watch a little bit more film on, but. At that point, it's a lot of mock drafts that have him going by 25. So, you know, it's just a big value pick that Daniel Jeremiah was aiming at probably right there more than anything, which makes sense uh, because, as he said in that mock draft, Jeremiah Owusu Koromora is a guy uh, that has that speed that Urban Meyer would like. You know what I'm saying? We've heard that term play fast. And he doesn't necessarily mean play fast 40 times, play fast, but Somebody who is instinctive, somebody knows who uh, what they're doing, somebody who knows how to attack the football, so on and so forth. And that's exactly what you probably will be getting out of this young man. Yeah, he definitely, again, sticks out when you put on the tape. I was uh, I was certainly very impressed. As, of course, as someone who, of course, isn't watching a whole lot of Notre Dame football um, other than, you know, those Clemson games. So I definitely think that would be a huge value pick. Now, will he be available? Just as you mentioned, James, not so sure about that but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. So it kind of sounds like, you know, just like you said, Jay, uh, you know, Keanu Neal ish. So that still allows them to can to target, you know, more of a traditional linebacker in free agency. Right. Exactly. You know, like that doesn't rule off your, like your rush linebackers for sure. Um, because that's probably not in the NFL. I don't know if they're going to use him that way, uh, but that probably doesn't rule out your rush linebackers. You, you know, you Matthew Judon's, uh, your Leonard Floyd's, et cetera, et cetera. 
I definitely look for them to target, you know, some guys like that. Uh, and, you know, in terms of the interior linebacking core, the Jaguars are kind of fine there because they have Miles Jack. They have Joe Schobert. And, you know, Joe Schobert, yeah, he struggled last year and, and so on and so forth, but they're not moving on from him. They, you know, they just paid him last year and it'll be a crazy dead cap hit. So, like, they got to hold on to him. And uh, for what he's getting paid, he's one of the highest paid people on the team. He's going to have to see significant snaps next year. So it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of him and Miles Jack as your interior linebacker defenders. So, yeah, like you said, um, you know, what we should expect from Jeremiah, um, maybe for the Jaguars, I, you know, it might differ for other teams, but, you know, maybe more a nickel guy. Well, hey, uh, as DJ mentioned, you know, it seems like he'd be a fit in any defense that he goes to because he is so multifaceted so definitely be uh, interesting to keep an eye on him and i think he would definitely make a really really great addition to the team uh, let's get into some other uh some other news here jay we want to talk about players that were franchise tag now of course uh, some of the guys we put on our list last week will certainly be available if uh, for those of you that need just a little bit of a recap uh, guys like curtis samuel john new smith trent williams matthew judon all available. Um, however, guys that we talked about, like Allen Robinson, Leonard Williams, and Marcus Williams, were all franchise tag. Uh, among others that were tagged are the Broncos safety, Justin Simmons, Jets safety, Marcus May, Washington guard, Brandon Scherf, uh, Buccaneers wide receiver, Chris Godwin, Panthers offensive tackle, Taylor Moton, and of course, the Jaguars tagged left tackle, Cam Robinson. So uh, some key players that were not tagged, of course, include uh, Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay and Seahawks cornerback Shaquille Griffin. So, Jay, out of all of those names that were tagged, you know, did any of them really surprise you or did any of the names that weren't tagged surprise you even more like a Kenny Galladay, Shaq Griffin, uh, Joe Tooney, anybody like that that maybe caught you by surprise? Yeah, well, actually, the one that caught me by surprise was our own, was Cam Robinson, yeah. uh, which, I mean, like I've always said, the most financially responsible thing to do, if you're going to keep Cam Robinson, that's if you were going to keep Cam Robinson, was franchise tagging. Um, I, me and you discussed this uh, many podcasts ago, a long-term deal, no, wasn't really feeling that, and the money that would involve. And, you know, a lot of people like $13.5 million, uh, that's, that's a lot for a player on a one-year term. Well, when you got 80 million plus and salary cap is not really that much. Uh, so that's, I mean, like they, the Jaguars ate that to, to put that in perspective, the Jaguars ate that cap hit easily and still lead the league in salary cap. So like, is it really that big of a deal? And I mean, look, something that's on the table still is it could be rescinded. It doesn't necessarily rule out a Trent Williams. It doesn't necessarily rule out, you know, getting somebody else if they want to do that. But I think, you know, like that, that makes it likely that Cam Robinson will be the left tackle. Uh, but again, the Jaguars have a lot of money to throw around in these, you know, these press conference uh, that we've been hearing from Trent Baalke and uh, that we've been hearing from uh, Urban Meyer. They keep saying they want the best of the best and, you know, they want value and they, um, you know, they keep, you know, hinting at they're going to have to spend some money, which we already knew because Urban Meyer's not going to want to lose in his first year. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of these other guys, I mean, like, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, A-Rob, I, I pretty much saw that coming. You know, he admittedly, he didn't want that. And, you know, but in the back of his mind, you could tell Allen Robinson uh, kind of knew that that was going to happen. And a lot of these guys, they got franchise tag. Um, Scherf was kind of surprising because they did it last year. 
Uh, but at the same time, um, he he's a pretty good offensive lineman, so I can see why they would want to hold on to him. But uh, you know, that's got to be frustrating. And then I think his his hit now is at like 18 million or something because he's been franchise tag twice. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, none of them really surprised me. Um, Kenny Galladay, maybe a little bit that he got to hit the open market, uh, which, you know, that's somebody you can look out for the Jazz because Daryl Bevel is here and they spoke highly of Daryl Bevel uh, when he was with the Lions. A lot of people said they thought he should have been the head coach there. Um, Matthew Stafford came out the bat for him. Remember, um, it was an article not too long ago. Marvin, was saying, like, Mar- Marvin Jones, I think, too. I mean, yeah, Marvin yeah. Jones. So, you know, people, you know, apparently like Daryl Bevel, he's well, well respected. I've said this, too. Since he left the Seahawks, they haven't been able to get right offensively. You know, like take from that what you will. <laughs> but they've been kind of like just, you know, and now we hear all this stuff about Russ being unhappy and this, that, and the other. And it's just crazy. This, when it comes to Kenny Galladay, because I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that he is viewed as a true number one receiver, right? But they were, they were making some interesting points on. Uh, the what's the morning show on NFL Network? It's called Get Up NFL. I think that's what is that what it's called or something like that. NFL. Uh, good morning football. Good morning football. I, I combine like two morning shows. Is what it did. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, great show by the way. Of course, they showed the Jags a lot of love too. So we so we like them over there. But they were talking about Kenny Galladay, and you know we're talking about a, a team in the Lions who, of course, have struggled to find consistency pretty much throughout their entire franchise existence. And, you know, a team that is going through kind of a a rebuild stage, obviously they just shipped out Matthew Stafford, you know, a team like that. Why are they so willing to let a guy that is viewed that way just walk? Do you think they are just committed to a full on rebuild or do you think they like one of these younger guys? Because they do pick pretty early, I believe. So, you know, do you think there is any kind of concern there for Kenny Galladay? Because he's going to break the bank. Someone is going to pay him good money um, but do you think there would be any concern for a guy like that coming here yeah well he's a guy that i'll say in terms of the concern question he's a guy that admittedly um if i can recall he has missed not like a significant amount of games but a concerning amount of games for what you're going to pay him uh so you know i've heard that come up and you know that that is concerning and then you know in terms of the jazz getting him i think what you have to ask yourself is the question we were asking ourselves last week is, you know, how would he affect the growth of these young guys? DJ Chark, uh, LaVisca Chanel, you know, would he throw a wrench in those plans? Um, Colin Johnson, for example, um, because the, and that's why I tend to stick with more of the more, more uh, the multifaceted guys that can move around the speed threats, because that's what the Jaguars need to aim to replace is the speed that they're going to lose. And uh, you, you put it in the graphic, actually. Shout outs to you for doing the, the graphic on that, which was pretty good. But the Jaguars, if they lose D.D. Westbrook, if they lose Keelan Cole, if they lose uh, Chris Conley, uh, they need to replenish that speed somehow. We're talking about three of the guys that run 4-3 speed that the Jaguars are losing. The Jaguars might be losing, if you look at it from that perspective, the three fastest guys on their roster. And Kenny Galladay doesn't help you from that standpoint in terms of replacing the speed, but he helps you in many, many other ways um, in terms of um, he's a guy that can catch a lot of balls in traffic. Uh, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of um, a guy that you can have Trevor Lawrence, you know, who we assume is going to be the first overall pick. 
uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, all he has to simply do is throw it in his vicinity and he can catch it. He's just got that kind of a catch radius. Um, so, yeah, that being said, I mean, like, I think for the Jacksonville Jaguars, personally, the better route might be Curtis Samuel to replace that speed. But um, like we were saying with Allen Robinson, I don't think anybody would be mad if they got Kenny Galladay because, I mean, they've kind of been talking all of this noise and, you know, they have high standards that we want the best of the best and we want to do X, Y, and Z in free agency. Well, you know, there is no better receiver to basically go to on the open market, at least with Allen Robinson being tagged than Kenny Galladay. So we'll see. They have somebody in-house. This is something that people, I don't know if people caught on to this. Urban Meyer said this in the press conference. They want to, uh, and not necessarily everybody that get in free agency, but they want to relate. They want to rely on their assistant coaches and their knowledge of these players uh, to when they acquire them. And you have Daryl Bevel, as I said, in house, so you can rely on his knowledge and what he knows about Kenny Galladay. Yep, and then we talked about it last week. Who knows about Curtis Samuel, the head coach himself, of course, Urban Myers. So you know. Uh, as far as the guys that did get tagged, I think maybe the one that surprised me a little bit just because of the situation they're in is Marcus Williams. So it didn't surprise me that they tagged him. It surprised me that they're going to try and figure this out because they are a mess, right? Uh, they're, they, I think they've, uh, they're definitely trying to, uh, to get under that cap number. Um, I know the name Marshawn Lattimore has been thrown out there as far as trades go. I mean, that would definitely be worth the 25th overall pick. And I think we could all agree with that. Could you imagine? Holy crap. But yeah, you know, definitely some, uh, uh, some interesting names uh, out here, but also not a lot of, uh, not too many surprises as far as what came up. The Cam Robinson thing, I guess, didn't surprise me too much because Jay, you know, we were talking about this in our group chat you know, if, if you know, God forbid you miss on Trent Williams, Cam Robinson walks, and then you go into the year with what Will Richardson maybe as your left tackle, or you you take a, a lineman that's maybe not ready in the draft. So, I guess from that perspective, I guess it, it you know it didn't surprise me too much. But I, I know it's not necessarily the most popular thing. Uh, now, I guess the before we move on to the to the next topic or the final topic of this episode here, Jay, do you think? It, do you think they've gotten any kind of indication? Now, of course, they're not allowed to do any any types of discussions quite yet. But do you think they've gotten any kind of indication from Trent Williams camp? Because, you know, he came out and talked. Him and Richard Sherman were talking about the Jaguars on, on their podcast just a few days ago. I mean, do you, th do you think they make the move for Cam Robinson and, and go ahead and tag him because they know Trent Williams isn't going to be interested in coming here? Uh, Well, I mean, if you look at what he said in the podcast, he hasn't given – it seems like he hasn't put a reason out there for the Jaguars to believe uh, that he wouldn't want to come here. I mean, he praised Trevor Lawrence and said the Jaguars are actually in a better situation in terms of knowing who their quarterback is going to be than a lot of the league, you know, like, yep. and he said, it is, is that's very valuable knowledge to know like uh, who the quarterback is going to be and know that you have a number one. And he really, the way he put it, he said, um, and I'm just paraphrasing here that the Jaguars, you can't really, call them a rebuild because the rebuild is already in place. You know, I guess yeah, for all us, the other pieces are, are here. Right. I guess for us, really, the rebuild technically was last year, you know, like getting all of the cap uh, situated and, you know, getting all of the bad contracts out of the way. And we even got rid of some good, some of the good players as well, too. But I mean, uh, with that sacrifice, the Jacksonville Jaguars have found themselves in a situation where they could throw the bank at Trent Williams. So, yeah, I don't think, uh, you know, he because 
he even said this too in the podcast. Um, his agent, well, so he says at least his agent hasn't really spoke about the teams that's interested in him. So I think that won't that conversation may not come until this weekend, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I don't think they got that. And, and look, man, don't rule out the Jacksonville Jaguars getting Trent Williams. And they've all they might have already knew that they can get him. Don't rule out them getting Trent Williams and trying to move Cam Robinson to guard or tackle. Now, I know he was vocal about playing left tackle, you know, when we drafted him. When was that, 2016 or 17? Uh, you know, people asked him, like, where are you going to play? And he was kind of vocal about playing left tackle. But, you know, if he doesn't want to play elsewhere, you know, and you get Trent Williams, clearly Trent Williams is a better left tackle even at 32 years of age. You can just rescind the tag and let him go on about his business. Right. Um, or, or whatever the case may be. But I mean, like, it would be nice to keep both of them. Again, the Jaguars aren't hurting for money. They could keep both of them. And um, it's at the end of the day, it's about uh, putting Trevor Lawrence in the best situation possible uh, to protect him and keep him from injury. Because we've seen the Deshaun Watson story early in his career. We've seen the Andrew Luck story. We've seen the Russell Wilson story. We're moving to a time, like you said, where quarterbacks want to be protected. And, you know, by getting Trent Williams, you make the protection better and you can maybe perhaps uh, bolster up the right side with Cam Robinson by doing that as well. Absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely still all in on getting Trent Williams here. That would be certainly a huge get. Again, if you guys missed last week's episode, uh, you know, we, we hope that you get one guy from from each side of the ball. I think if, if you can get two, uh, you know, top 25 free agents, I think that would be really, really good, you know, akin to a couple of years ago, you know, when they, when they bring in Boye, bring in Calais Campbell, but in this case, I think you're hoping for one on each side of the football. We're going to get to the very last topic here, Jay, which is uh, some tidbits from Urban Meyer's presser the other day. But before we do that, I want to take a brief moment to speak about our newest sponsor, eBay. Now, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, you can find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the go-to place to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives the authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right, Jay. With that being said, let's get to our last topic here where Urban Meyer has been discussing uh, new team facilities, which he already kind of touched on. Well, I guess we kind of cut touched on earlier in the offseason uh, when he first came in. You know, we we kind of had an idea that upgrades were a big part of him coming here. You know, he wants to know that Shad Khan is going to be willing to spend the money and make sure that Jacksonville is a top notch organization. And this is what he said in his presser earlier this week. Quote, we're having a serious conversation about a facility here, a brand new facility. I put together a sports performance team that I expect to be the best in the NFL. You're talking about Jacksonville, Florida, no state tax and all of the above weather. 
I want this to be the destination place in the National Football League. Obviously, money plays a huge role, but if those start to get close, we want to go to Jacksonville. Why? Great place to raise a family, great place to live, great weather, great tax situation. And oh, by the way, we have the best facility and the best support staff and best sports performance team in the NFL. That's the vision. That's the dream I have. So, Jay, if you recall, you know, back when we had first started talking about Urban Meyer coming here, this is actually something that I wanted to run by Austin Lane when he joined us was, you know, if if Urban Meyer comes in here and the facilities get upgraded and the team is in a better place than he left it four years from, you know, four years from now, then he would have at least at least done part of his job. You know, you bring in a guy in a name like Urban Meyer with the expectation that changes are going to happen and happen very quickly. And this, I think, would be huge for the franchise. And I think would definitely mean that Urban is calling the shots and telling Shad Khan, hey, you brought me here. This is what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. And and first thing, the, the first thing I want to provide clarity on is when Urban Meyer says facilities now, and a lot of people got this confused on, on the Facebook page. Uh, he's not speaking about the stadium. You know, like Urban Meyer's job isn't, the, he's, not, he's not a city councilman. And he's not shot Khan, you know, the stadium type of deal. That's that's out of his realm. You know what I'm saying? Like he's talking about a training facility. And uh, to to even get more specific with that, what you see. Urban Meyer wants a Buffalo Wild Wings downtown and he wants it now. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, don't be surprised one day if Urban Meyer get his own like restaurant in Jacksonville. That is if he doesn't already have his own restaurant. Chain. The Urban. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he got that kind of pull, but um, but yeah, what I was saying, like if you look league league wide, and I did a count, and I've always paid attention to this because, as everybody know, I I think I've said this in the past, I like engineering, and I pay attention to stadiums, facilities, and just construction in general. Um, but that being said, if you look around the league league wide, I think it's about two thirds of the team, roughly two thirds of the teams that have a headquarters that's separate from their, their stadium, right? And that's what Urban Meyer is basically asking for, is a headquarters that's separate from the stadium, or maybe across the street from the stadium, they might put it where Lot J was going to be, but not, not, basically they want to get it to where the stadium isn't their headquarters or their facility. And and you would know about this, Phil, because you're a Dallas Cowboys fan also. And I would too, because... Uh, with the Falcons, my second team, they have a, a facility that's separate from their stadium as well. Uh, but yeah, like the Dallas Cowboys have this facility that's like its own city, basically. I think it's in Frisco, Texas or whatever, where they have this massive indoor facility uh, for, you know, indoor practices that serves as like a high school. Uh, it's so big that it serves as a high school stadium, basically. And then, you know, they got their headquarters next door and and so on and so forth. Um, and, and, you know, the thing about it is Urban Meyer, he's coming from the college realm. He's coming from, you know, Ohio State, who spent, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into the facilities and so on and so forth. And that's kind of a thing in college is, you know, provide the best of the facilities available uh, because it helps you with recruiting. Uh, but, you know, when you talk about it from an NFL perspective, it shows the players, uh, these grown players that are adults, it shows you the culture that you're trying to build. Oh, this place is massive. They're trying to build the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? They want to be the New England Patriots. They want to be uh, these top notch, uh, these top tier franchises, the, the Baltimore Ravens, so on and so forth. So it speaks volumes to the players 
from that perspective, not necessarily how it would speak to a college kid or whatever the case may be, or a teenager, but more so on a cultural level. So I think they're for, uh, it'll be interested to see what they do in terms of getting that done. Um, a lot of times what you see is they'll build these facilities in another city, right? Again, the Dallas Cowboys is another example. It's in Frisco. It's not by uh, the, the actual um, stadium that's in Arlington or whatever the case may be. Maybe St. John's calls and say, hey, and look. Frisco, and just so you guys, yeah, just so you guys know, because since I lived out there, Frisco is far from Arlington. It is not close. And if, if I, if those of you that are listening locally, say the stadium, of course, is downtown. And then Frisco, for comparison, is probably like St. Augustine. It is far away from the stadium. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of times you see that, too. Um, I know the Vikings have a facility in Egan, and I don't know how far that city is from the actual stadium. But just for comparison's sake, it's, it's away uh, and maybe even as far away as Frisco, like Phil said, away from the stadium. So maybe you get a situation where St. Augustine calls shot con. And says, and this is what I'm thinking might actually happen. This is my personal theory. A city like St. John's County or St. Augustine, as everybody knows it as, um, that lives there, calls Shad Khan and say, hey, look, we got a plot of land for you. We'll give it to you for dirt cheap. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to cost you a lot. Um, and we all know that we've seen it. I mean, anybody that lives in Jacksonville, the cost of living to live in St. Augustine is a little cheaper than Jacksonville. So they call them. They say, hey, you bring the team over here. You make St. John's County, uh, the the headquarters of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, they'll still play at the stadium, TIAA Bank Field, which is in downtown Jacksonville. But you, you know, you you establish the Jacksonville Jaguars here in their headquarters. Here will give you cheap land. Heck, he might can even, you know, and I know a lot of people don't like this, that and we've talked about this. They might even say, hey, we'll pay for the headquarters itself. Because what that does for St. John's County is it brings business to St. John's County. It makes more people want to live there. It makes more. And again, for those of you who aren't local, St. John's is booming right now. Everybody is relocating out to St. John's right now. Yeah. Um, the beautiful neighborhoods out there, more people want to move there. It's cheaper to live there. Um, it's a lot of land that's available out there as well, which is what I was getting at as well. So, um, you know, that'll make, you know, you build, for example, in comparison, sake, you build a Jaguars headquarters in St. John's County out in the middle of nowhere. Well, guess what? An outlet wants to build next to that because they know everybody wants to see the Jacksonville Jaguars. You Then you can establish people wanting to live near the Jacksonville Jaguars headquarters. You'll build neighborhoods there. You'll build stores there, so on and so forth. And you could basically build around the Jacksonville Jaguars making your spot or your your city or whatever the case may be the headquarters so um, we'll see where it goes maybe they just move across the street you know like we said maybe they go where lot j was supposed to be maybe they go to the shipyards uh whatever the case may be we'll see but clearly urban meyer wants to get a facility and uh we'll see how soon he can actually get that i'm, I'm hoping he does actually by the way yeah, I think it would honestly. I, I think it would definitely be great for them to build either place. I would like to see it where lot you know where the lot J project was going to go. I think that would definitely be nice. I think aesthetically, it would look a lot, uh, look really clean as well. You know, right there outside of Daly's place and and all that stuff. Uh, um, I, I think it would certainly be nice. But I just like that Urban Meyer is kind of using his weight and and also holding 
Shad to probably some of the promises that he made in order to, you know, get him to come here. Now, we've already talked about it. This was honestly, if you were going to tailor make a situation for someone like Urban Meyer to come out of retirement, this is probably it. You know, whoever ended up with Trevor Lawrence is most likely the, the opportunity that he would have taken. But if you take it also to account, you know, the location he already talked about the, you know, state income tax, that's obviously a big deal here as well. And you look at the roster, you know, a lot of those pieces are in place. He definitely needs a few more, but you know, it's, it's ready to go. And urban hopefully, and I'm, I'm happy to see that urban is like, all right, this is what we talked about. Let's go ahead and start. <laughs> There's no time better than the present. Let's go ahead and talk about it right now. So I'm really excited about this. And I think, again, just like you mentioned, it will give the opportunity for Jacksonville to um, present itself as a a, a go-to destination. I do remember um, hearing about, because I remember Cole Beasley, of course, left Dallas, and he came out and, and talked about how the facilities in Buffalo were better than they were in Dallas. Now, admittedly, at the time, I kind of laughed about that. But when you do a little bit of a deep dive, just like you said, you know, Buffalo really has upgraded things. And look at them now. They're a, they are a... Uh, AFC contender they've you know they got of course their quarterback in place and they got a really really good team so yeah th those things make a difference you're absolutely right Phil you and it, it's crazy how that works too um and it's it's I sometimes I don't admittedly understand it but a prime example in terms of you know like just you know providing your team with the top-notch stuff and and providing them with the facilities like you said with Cole Beasley remember when the Jack Jaguars built, if I can recall, this is around the same timeline when the Jaguars finally built the indoor facility that allowed them to not miss games because of inclement weather. They went to the playoffs in 2017, if I can recall. Now, my timeline might be off, but I think they built Daly's place the year that they started to have some success, whatever the case may be. Uh, so, like, it, sometimes it goes hand in hand. And, um, yeah, again, like, Urban Myers coming from OSU, I've seen their facility, like, in videos. Dude, they got like barbershops in there and like lunchrooms. Yeah, like between them and Oregon and all these teams, man, it is insane. Right. And it's, it's shocking that some of the teams in the NFL are actually behind that curve, being that they make so much money. Um, but nonetheless, Urban Meyer wants things to be like it is in college in terms of a, a facility. Uh, we'll see if he actually gets it. And we'll see. And I guess the bigger question is like, you know, will this cost the fans and the taxpayers money? Because we all we kind of grown accustomed to that being some kind of a, a deal with with Shai Khan. But again, I've also said this with facilities, those are affordable enough for owners to take on the tab on that. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, it's it's a time will tell type of thing. That's right, folks. Well, we will see what changes are on the way, thanks to Urban Meyer and his crew. Uh, but other than that, Jay, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. You know, we wanted to get to those key topics. And uh, again, we're here in the offseason, and, and luckily there is no shortage of things to talk about. We have free agency, of course, coming up very, very soon. And then, of course, we're heading right into the NFL draft. We are still working uh, to get you guys more exciting guests uh, here in the very, very near future. So make sure you stay tuned on that end. But uh, Jay, what else do they have to look forward to uh, over on the Jaguars wire and, and also here in the podcast, of course? Yeah, well, it's that time, man. Free agency watch. I mean, the timer is ticking and we will be at the legal tampering period, what, on Monday? So, um, you know, now I have, as everybody has seen and, and I've said, you know, I have help at, help at the site with Tyler. Um, you know, me and Tyler are going to be pumping out 
hella content in terms of free agency and the rumors and so on and so forth. Um, and and of course we'll monitor the draft as well. Uh, but for this week, you know, like it, this is the week about the NFL and the players that are in the NFL, should I say. So that'll be what we'll monitor on the Jaguars wire, of course. And like you said, on this podcast, uh, we're reaching out to a multitude of guests, uh, both on the national, local level. You know how we do it. We mix it up. You know, it, people uh, from, uh, you know, stateside, whatever the case may be. Um, hey, maybe some people out of the state. We, we talked about that, too, with, uh, you know, with England and, and the connection they have with us here. So, yeah, we'll be uh, working on that guest list um, and, and getting that back up. But, you know, for right now, I guess me and Phil just wanted to make it about the free agency uh, timeline that's coming up. So we haven't really had guests on because, you know, who better to speak about that than us? Uh, but, yeah, once free agency is over, we'll get back to that, getting some guests on and, uh, you know, talking some NFL draft and and much, much more. That's right, folks. And I also want to mention, of course, uh, you know, I do have my other projects as well. For those of you that are pop culture fans, I do have the, the Way Forward podcast, which talks about entertainment, gaming and anime. For those of you who are curious, we just recently reviewed Raya and the Last Dragon, the latest Disney film, as well as went over a full discussion of Disney Plus's WandaVision, uh, myself, my co-host Eric, and of course, and we were also joined by another local podcast, the Shortbox Podcast. I want to give them a shout out uh, for all the great work they do here in Jacksonville as well. But guys, this that is it, the end of our show. Again, if you are enjoying it, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave that five-star review. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. We, of course, can be found at Believe.com as part of the awesome Believe Podcast Library. You can tweet the show at Believe in Jags Pod. You can find myself at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, and Jay is over at SportsGrind underscore Don. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to believe in the Jaguars, but more importantly, believe in yourselves. We will see you next time, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.